0: All right, how many are looking forward to turn four? Turn four. I, I love what Psalm 65 says. It talks about how God wants to crown the year with his favor. Uh, uh, that word crown means to encircle the year with his favor. It goes on in the new living it says that even the hard pathways, how many have had a hard year this year? How many had some challenges this year? Anybody had some challenges this year? Yeah, here's the word of the Lord for you. That even the hard pathways will drip with abundance. How, how many believe the favored of God? Come on, lift up your hand if you believe you're God's favorite. You're a target of God's grace. Come on, God's favorite. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm God's favorite. I'm God's favorite. I'm God's favorite. Man, as a church, He's going to... Encircle the year, crown the year with his favor in Jesus' name. How about just for a moment or two, adopt a posture of faith, whatever that is, a posture of faith, because we're here to more, more than anything to encounter Jesus, not just a good message, not just words. We want His Spirit to come alive in us tonight. He knows exactly what you need. He knows what you're going through. and We thank you, Holy Spirit. You're going to target people tonight. You're going to speak into their hearts and you're going to speak into their lives. Lord, we thank you. You're a good God who wants to do good things in our life. And I pray tonight you'd pour out yourself. you pour out a blessing on everybody here. In Jesus' name, we love you. We love you. We love your presence. We love gathering together as your church. We count it an honor and privilege. In Jesus' name we pray and everybody said, amen, amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're favored of God. You're favored of God. You're favored of God. How about grabbing a seat? Thanks, team. Hey, next week, everyone say next week. Next week, we're in the Mercury Theater, and uh, hey, something that you need to know is that uh, in the morning, we've uh, shifted the times a little bit to fit everyone in, and so we've got services at 9, 11, and 5, 5, 9, 11, and 5, so so come out, be a part of that. If you want to know more details, hey, maybe you're new today, and you want to find out where we are week to week, uh, please do visit us at the Black Tent afterwards, and We'll get your details and we'll text you out where we are week to week. Um, uh, but uh, all the instructions for next week are on this card here. Isn't it awesome that we get to lift up the name of Jesus in places like this? Come on, how, how many believe just, just singing the songs that we've sung tonight it cha- is, uh, that is changing things in the atmosphere? It's changing things in the spirit. Just lifting up the name of Jesus. In the town hall, in Sky City, in the Altair Center, in every other venue that we meet in, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, uh, uh, this day, uh, this Sunday, I've sort of labeled Selah Sunday. How many have seen that in their Bible before? The word Selah. So it's found in the Psalms. And uh, Selah simply means to pause, to reflect. Uh, It's a good opportunity to recalibrate. Our lives, because so often we can be moving in a direction without thinking where we're going. In fact, today, in the world today, we're more concerned about speed than we are direction. You know, we're going nowhere fast, (laughs) but long as we're going fast. And uh, so often in life, we we don't take stock. We don't take a step back and consider where we're at and where we're going. Uh, This morning, I spoke about a progression uh, about how God uh, wants to invade our reality, how heaven wants to invade earth. And that progression, you know, starts with a dream. And the first stage is we've got to dream it up. The second thing is we've got to flesh it out, we've got to do something with that dream. The third stage is, is God wants us to show it off. And uh, the fourth stage of that dream is to pass it on. If you weren't here, I really encourage you to listen to the podcast this week because God wants to take the dreams that He's revealed to you in, in your heart and He wants them to become a reality in your world. I love what God right now is doing through Equip His Churches. How many know that that started as a dream? But to think today, today we launched our 20th location in New Zealand. We started in Timaru, Timaru in the South Island. God's doing something in the South Island. And uh, we launched officially in Timaru this morning, 20th locations, and then another 18 locations internationally. In fact, I was working out that we, we on, a, on a given Sunday have something like over 50 services throughout the world. Uh, Come on, that's pretty amazing. eh? Fifty services throughout the world of people gathering, lifting up the name of Jesus. People encountering God. People giving their hearts to Jesus. People being equipped, empowered to change their world. I reckon that's pretty exciting. Because that that once was just a dream. But that dream, we decided to do something with it. We decided to flesh it out. And as we begin to declare the testimony of God, God says, Hey, I want to do more of that. Because how many know when you share what God's doing, when you celebrate what God's doing, God says, Hey, I want to do more of that. Because I can trust those people with what I'm giving them. They're not just going to hold on to it for themselves, but they're going to declare my works to another people. And uh, as a result of that, showing it off, you know, we've been able to pass it on. This is a move of God. Come on, God's moving in this place. God's working miracles. God's doing incredible things in Jesus' name. And uh, I didn't get the chance last week to say, but um, I just really want to thank all those who served at Acts Conference uh, during the holidays. Uh, What an incredible environment that was. You know, all those who served. uh, The feedback from pastors and leaders uh, from around the country was phenomenal, just as you know, people having encounters, feeling, uh, feeling inspired to, to really uh, go full on in the next season. And so, come on, can we give all the volunteers who served as a church? We hosted that. And, uh, I thank God that God's raising up an army of volunteers who are prepared to do whatever it takes to see uh, the kingdom of God revealed. Well, the progression was, this morning was, number one was dream it up. Second one was flesh it out, show it off, and pass it on. I've got, I've got another progression tonight. So you're ready for this? Just slap your neighbor and say, you're ready, you're ready. You're ready, you're, you gotta be ready for this. Okay, here, anything you receive from God starts in the spirit, it starts in your spirit, and you gotta receive it and believe it, but then, You've got to align your mouth to what God has revealed. Because life and death is found in the power of the, this is a powerful weapon here. And uh, God wants you to align your mouth with what He's revealed in His Spirit. And so if you start speaking that dream and, and, and declaring that dream, it, it releases something in the spiritual world. So God reveals something in your spirit, and, and then it's for us to speak that dream. But as we start speaking it, it should then alter and adjust our thinking. So our thinking comes into line with, with, with how heaven thinks, how God thinks. See, in life, nothing changes unless your thinking changes. That's why Paul said in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, we are transformed by the renewing of our mind. So, so it starts in the spirit. And then we are just our, our speaking, our, our speaking. We're, uh, the Bible says, Paul says, we're to call those things that aren't as though they are. How many know that's pretty crazy? But, but that's the nature of faith, is that you, you speak to those things that aren't as though they are. And then as you speak it, you begin to think differently about it. And your thinking then changes, and then what happens is your reality changes. So it starts in the Spirit. You get a dream from God that's impossible. How many know any dream that God gives a person is impossible? It is beyond you and I. He gives it, then we're to speak, we're to declare that dream. As we declare it, we start listening to it, and our mind shifts and adjusts, and our thinking changes, and then our reality changes. Tonight, I really want to hone in on this because I want to talk about having a multiplication mindset. A multiplication mindset. Yeah, I love right now what God's doing around the world. And I've used this illustration before, and I can't think of a better one, so I'm going to use it again. So you're ready for this. I I, I love the fact that when we go to Europe, you know, I've got a number of churches in Europe. In fact, it's good to have Niels Peter and Mabrit here, pastor, amazing church in Denmark, on the national leadership team of the, the movement over there who we partner with. Incredible couple. uh, But one one thing I love about Europeans is they speak multiple languages. You know, I speak one language and I don't do it that well. You know, in fact, we just went to Samoa, returned yesterday. And it was interesting uh, because my wife actually understands Samoan. She's not plastic. Uh, (laughs) but, But it was interesting over there because I had never really heard her speak Samoan, but she was actually speaking the language as well in part, in different places. And I was thinking, wow, that's incredible, you know, to to be able to communicate like that. You know, people who speak one language, you know, I just get by with one. But, you know, people who speak multiple, it's phenomenal yeah you know, I, I think of our, our pastor and uh somebody on the front row yeah. just needed a little bit of encouragement, didn't you Manuel? Yeah. Manuel's amazing by the way and i mean, I, can, I get amazed people who can speak different languages, but so often when people speak multiple languages they 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 still think in their mother tongue, and in my in their mind they're translating. Uh, into the language they're speaking. It's like when you go traveling, you, you, you learn a few words uh, to get by. You, you learn how to say thank you. You learn to ask where's food. You, you learn to ask where's the bathroom. How I many? know that's important. And, and you learn those things, but you just have enough words to get by. Uh, but you don't really speak the language, but somebody who's fluent, it's like they can speak it, but still be translating from their mother tongue. Now, I get amazed at some of our pastors because they don't just speak the language, they, they, they can preach in multiple languages. Now, now the big deal with that is, is if you're preaching, you don't have time to translate. You've got to think in the language that you're speaking in. You've got to think. Now, now, here's the thing. In, in the church, you know, many people can be around church and, and learn enough words to get by. You know, they can learn a few scriptures, quote those scriptures, and, and think that's going to change their reality. But then they get disappointed when nothing happens because they've just learned a few words. But, but if we're to see shift and change, we can't just speak the language of the king, uh, kingdom. Uh, we've got to actually think in the language of the kingdom. Uh, and as we speak, our thinking should adjust as well and come into line with what God declares and with what God promises. That's why it's so important that, that we, we, we don't just, you know, read the Word every now and then. We, we let the Word of God wash our minds. Uh, we, we, we let it change how we see things. You know, the reason why many people don't see kingdom results is simply because they're speaking a language they're not thinking in. But God is wanting to raise up a generation. Come on now. God is wanting to raise up a generation who understand what it is to live and speak in the kingdom of God. See, see, multiplication in the kingdom is natural. In fact, multiplying is part of our creational mandate. He said, go forth, be fruitful and, come on, everybody say that. You're called, you're commanded to multiply. It's not optional. And we need to have a, a multiplication Mindset. I was in a prayer meeting years, years ago and uh, one of our staff members, she was praying enthusiastically and she says, God, we don't pray for one plus one, we pray for one times one. <laughs> <laughs> How many know right there, I had to stop her <laughs> and say one times one is actually less than one plus one. <laughs> we want increase. Not decrease. Now, I, I, I want to take you to a passage of scripture that's found in all of the Gospels—Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. It's a story. Uh, it, all of them recorded it uh, because it has some significance. In fact, Jesus would later uh, refer to this miracle and say to the disciples, "Didn't you learn from this?" You know, they experienced the miracle, but something in their mind hadn't shifted. Yeah, here's the deal. God doesn't wanna just bless you so you can think the same as you thought before you were blessed. Any blessing He wants to give you is so that you can change, you can think differently. You view things differently. Every miracle He does in your life is that we, we might somehow comprehend and grasp more of heaven's reality. And, and it's the story of the five loaves and the two fish, the feeding of the 5,000, as, it, as it's called. Mark, in Mark chapter 6, he, he records this passage of Scripture. And, and really, this is a game-changing miracle. Uh, it, it's a game-changing miracle. I, I really believe, you know, in a church, God wants to, to change the game. You know, I was sharing this morning how I saw a meme this week. How, you know, the largest taxi company right now in the world is a company that owns no vehicles, that's Uber. You know, the largest accommodation provider is, is right now a company who owns no property, Airbnb. Now, the largest media provider is, is a company that doesn't generate any content, Facebook. You know, in a lot of ways, they've changed the game. And because they've changed the game, thought differently about things, they've had maximum exposure. I really believe we need to change the game when it comes to church. Because I don't know about you, but I want to, in my generation, see a city saved. Come on, I want to see a city moved by God. Come on, how many are with me right there? Come on, I want to see a nation turned around. But we're not gonna do it if we just think the way we've always thought. We've, we've gotta shift. There's gotta come a shift in our thinking in the way that we do things. I, I like sports people who, who have changed the nature of a game. You know, just it. Michael Jordan did that. Kobe Bryant, you know, I would say. We've got the LeBron Lakers, uh, you know, out there. You know, the people who changed the game. You know, people who took things to a once- you know, thought impossible level, but now it's become normal. You know, I really believe God is saying to us as a church, come on, it's time to stretch. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's time to stretch. Come on, you've got to get it in the Spirit. Come on, I want you to stretch in the Spirit. It's time to stretch. See, see one thing about Jesus you've got to understand is He was always stretching the disciples. He was putting them in challenging situations that stretched them. You know, see, Jesus didn't come to warm our hearts as much as shatter our categories. You know, Jesus didn't just come to comfort us. Yeah, he came to comfort the disturbed, but he, but he came, uh, came to disturb the comfortable. He, 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 said, he said time and time again, he said, You've heard it said, this is what you've heard. This is what you think. You've heard it said, but I say to you. But but I say to you. In other words, he's saying there's a different way. You've know, you got to look at this differently. You've know, you got to think about this differently. You know, for too long the church is just being giving people what they want. Uh, but but I I reckon we need to be a little bit like Henry Ford. You know, Henry Ford said, If I just gave people what they wanted, I would have given them faster horses. Faster, you know, how many know a car beats a horse any day? Yeah, but but he had to think outside. You know, their, their thinking was just how do we, we get faster horses? <laughs> but there's something like a car, there's a new vehicle. I wanna declare there's a new vehicle that wants to release God's purposes on earth. Come on, do I get an amen? Come on, a, a new vehicle. But, but we've gotta stretch out. Come on, I'm saying to business people in here, young, young people who've got a dream in your heart, don't just settle for the status quo. Don't live within the confines of what's known. Come on, I want you to stretch out. Because as you stretch out, you're bringing kingdom's reality. The kingdom's reality to earth in Jesus' name. I, I'm glad we're not part of it, just a comfortable church. Come on, we're a church that wants to embrace the stretch in Jesus' name. Now, now this miracle was, was a big miracle because you know here the disciples had come off a busy season of ministry. In fact, Mark talks about how they've been so busy that they hadn't had a chance to eat. I mean, no, that's busy You know because food's a priority. In many of our lives, you know, it's like we order our world around food. We plan our world around food. But they have been so busy with this ministry that, that, that they hadn't had a time to, to eat. And so Jesus says, hey, why don't you come alongside? Let's, let's get a little bit of rest and let's cross over to the other side. So they, they got in a boat, they crossed over to the other side, and they thought they were going to have uh, some alone time with Jesus. But, but when they get to the other side, there's a, there's a whole crowd of people who noticed them and gathered around them. And Jesus, the Bible says, had compassion on them. And so he starts ministering to them. He starts speaking. And they're listening, they're tuning in. But as, as he was speaking, the, the disciples' stomachs were rumbling. You know, they, they got, they're growing you know, on the inside. And, and they're thinking, when's Jesus gonna finish? Hey, time out, Jesus. I'm hungry now. And, and so they went to Jesus and said, hey, time's getting on, Jesus. Uh, we need to send the people away because they are hungry, because they need some food. You know, it, it sounded nice on the outside, but if you know the context, they had been so busy that they hadn't had time to eat. How many parents here? Yeah, I've got any parents here. Uh, Any parents, come on, lift your hand if you're a parent in this place. We've got a number of parents. Okay, how many parents here, if you are to be honest tonight, would say you've ever blamed your child for something that you're feeling? It's like, oh man, I need to go home because the kids are hungry. Uh, But it wasn't really the kids. It it was you. You were the one who was hungry. Or, oh, the, the kids are tired and Grumpy. Yeah, but you're the one who was tired and grumpy. Come on, how many know what I'm talking about right there? It's like, yeah, what were the disciples doing here? They were blaming the crowd. Oh, the crowd needs to go away because it's getting late and they need something to eat. But really, how many know it's their own need? And they were just about to send away a miracle. That they were just about to send away, you know, a moment where where God does something amazing because they were looking at their own needs. See, so many of us even come to church and it's more about our need. But I believe God wants to enlarge our heart so that we can embrace the multitude. Uh, We can embrace our city. It's not just about me, my, and I. Come on, it's about the multitude out there who don't know Jesus. We can't afford to live selfish lives. Come on, we're called by God to change our worlds. But we need to embrace the multitude. See, the the whole thing about this story is Jesus wanted to overwhelm the disciples. He he wanted to overwhelm them with the immensity of the need. Uh, Man, big need, big problem. Uh, How are we gonna solve this? In their minds, they would never even have thought of feeding that multitude. It was just right out of their equation. And many people right now look at the need in society and they get overwhelmed with it. And they get so overwhelmed with it, they do nothing about it. It's like spilling sugar in the pantry. How many have done that before? It's like that's a mission to clean up. You know, all you got to take everything out. you got to wipe it down and then you got to put it. How many know sometimes it's easier just to close the door and walk away <laughs> and leave it to somebody else? And that's what often happens in the world today. It's like, that's just too big. That's just out there, Sam. A city getting saved? Really? You know, I've got this going on in my life right now. I've got this thing happening. I've got this. this I'm hungry. And you're talking about feeding all these other people? You know how many know it's easier just to shut the door and walk it away and uh, walk away and leave it to somebody else. Uh, but we've got to position ourselves in the middle of that problem. Come on, right? What right now are you sending away that God's bought your way? Come, come on, God's brought it to you and He wants to do a miracle, but you're sending it away because you're so focused on your need, your problem, your issue oh uh, yeah, yeah. Come on, if we're going to clap, let's do a decent one. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> come on, come on. We need to get a bigger vision. In fact, I challenge to say that that the answer to your need is found in serving and meeting the needs of another person. That's how the kingdom works. So many people say, "Well, once my needs met, then I'll reach out to somebody else." But the way the kingdom works is as you give it away, you increase even more. But you gotta give it away first. See, if we're to change the game, we need to look and, and get moved in our hearts by the need around us. See, God wanted to overwhelm them with the need, but He also wanted to overwhelm them with His capacity to meet that need with what's in their hand. But we've got to go, see, too many of us, uh, we look at inconvenience and we see it as an obligation. But the way we've got to view inconvenience is inconvenience is an opportunity. You know, I'm really proud of the people who call Equippers Church, Auckland City home, because we, we embrace inconvenience. Going from venue to venue, but we don't see it as oh, we see it as opportunity. You know, what an amazing privilege to be able to lift up the name of Jesus in all these venues everywhere we are. Come on, we're shifting something in the atmosphere of our city. We're doing something, man. what, What an amazing thing that we get to do this. You know, guys pack in, pack out early, up in the morning, all our gear is in a big truck. You know, in the early stages, it's like, oh, what a pain having to pack in, pack out. But do you know, Revolution Tour wouldn't exist if we didn't embrace the inconvenience of packing in and packing out. You know, Revolution Tour, where tens of thousands of people have been saved over the last 10 years, wouldn't exist if we didn't embrace the inconvenience here. See the inconvenience here led to the opportunity over here. And so many of us missing the kingdom of God because we we see inconveniences as obligations. You know what happens when you cross over to the other side and you're surrounded with needs that you didn't anticipate? That that you didn't count on. Are you gonna turn them away? See, see, if we're going to change the game, we need to throw ourselves in the middle of inconvenience. You know, I said this morning, you know, chasing meaning it will do more for your health than avoiding discomfort. Some of us, you know, uh, we've subscribed and we bow down to the God of comfort. It's all about comfort. But chasing meaning in life, it will do more for your health. It's proven. In fact, there's a TED talk about it. Chasing meaning and putting yourself in the midst of even stressful situations, if there's meaning attached to it, it will do more for your health than avoiding discomfort. And right now, we need to be a people who just keep on chasing meaning. And meaning is found in the service of somebody else, and reaching out to somebody else, about bringing the kingdom of God to somebody else. That's where meaning is found. Right, right. You know, it's so often, you know, we want we want certainty in life, but I found God lives in the territory of ambiguity. And as we put ourselves in the middle of that, we find God move. You know, I. I I found God, you know, I, I like to be in control. How many like to be in control? When I mean, you've got everything ordered, shaped, ready to go, in control. But one thing I've found is that God likes to disturb my world. He, he, he likes to mess with my world big time. You know, as He did with the, the disciples in this situation. You know, I, I believe if we're to have a multiplication mindset, we need to release control. Come on, come on! The Holy Spirit wants to speak to that control freak who lives on the inside of you. Come on, that little mini me. You know, you know, you seem all last, you know, easygoing thing, but there's a control freak. It's like on the inside of you that just wants to control any everything. But I found here's the deal: control is the enemy of growth. Yeah, here uh, he tells the disciples to feed them. I, I found. How God works is God God will give you a promise without telling you how He's going to fulfill that promise. But He wants you to believe it will happen, not knowing how He's going to do it. Here's the deal. Uh, When you've figured it all out, you've factored God out. You haven't given room and space for God. But some of us right now, it's like we're trying to figure it all out. Well, how are we gonna feed them? You know, the disciples even said, if we're to feed all these people, there'll be more than a year's wages. How the heck are we gonna do that? What well, you're asking us, that's just crazy, it's stupid. You know, why even try? That's beyond our resources, that's beyond our ability. But when you figure figured it all out, You've left no room for God and you factored God out. You know, see, see what, what we're going to do in the kingdom more and more is we're going to release control. I love the fact as a church, we take risks on people. Man, I'm glad somebody took a risk on me. Yeah, you know, I wasn't a safe bet, and I know you're not one either, but I'm glad yeah, yeah. I'm glad that God chooses to use imperfect people. I'm, cho- I'm glad God chooses to use ordinary people. I'm glad that God will even look past my issues and say, hey, there's a candidate, a, a, a person that I can use. Come on, turn to your neighbor and say, God wants to use you. God wants to use you. As a church, I really believe we've got to get out of control. You know, one thing I've found is, is people want to be pushed into their destiny or either pulled into their destiny. You know, we've got a lot of, a lot of churches are all about pushing and pulling. Push, you know, we've got to push people and then we've got to pull them. I, I, I want to say a church is, we don't want to push, we don't want to pull. Uh, we want God to birth something in your heart. You know, uh, you know when it comes to vehicles, you know, you've got front wheel drives and you've got rear wheel drives. Yeah, you know, front wheel drives is where the power is in the front two wheels, and, and it's about pulling. And, and, and rear wheel drive vehicles, you know, it's about pushing. Uh, we we don't want to be front or rear wheel drives. We want to be four wheel drives, where power is in every wheel. Here, here's what I want to say. You got permission to change your world. You got permission to reach your friends and your neighbors for Jesus. Don't leave it to somebody else. Don't, don't wait for somebody else to pull you along. Don't be hard to move. No, the Holy Spirit lives in you. Come on, as a church, we need to get out of control. Some of you are waiting for somebody to define your world for you. Don't let somebody else define it. You take responsibility for it. Come on, you live out what God's placed in your heart. You're called to make a difference. Come on, you're called to change your world. You have everything you need living on the inside of you, but you've got to surrender yourself to Jesus. See, you know, it's too many people sit in church and they hold God hostage to their unanswered questions. Yeah, you know, but I, I believe when we throw ourselves in the middle, God shows up in ways that we don't expect. Yeah, you know, uh, He's. Here's the thing, if we're gonna change the game, and this is what I wanna lead to, is we're gonna put ministry in the hands of every believer. If you're a believer in Jesus here, guess what, you're in the ministry. You're in the ministry, yeah, you're a minister. What, me? Yeah, yeah, you. You're called to minister. You're not called to just sit in a seat and listen to messages and live as you... Always have lived. You're called to grow in your ministry. Your ministry may be in your workplace, your ministry is in your home, definitely. All of our ministries in the home. In fact, our ministry starts in our home. That, that, that's where it starts. I'm a minister in my home. You're a minister to your neighbors, you're a minister to your, uh, to your extended family, you're a minister where you carry. And we're gonna put ministry in the hands of every believers because somehow in our minds, we think ministry is what happens on a platform. No, this isn't ministry. What this is, is all about equipping people to be ministers. And that's the model of the New Testament church is that God gave gifts and he gave gifts to equip the saints. Who are the saints? Turn to your neighbor and say, that's you. You may not feel like a saint. I don't know what you got up to last night. But here's the thing, if you believe in Jesus, you are the righteousness of God. You are the righteousness of God. We don't earn it, we receive it. You are, you are, and you are a saint. You don't need to die and be canonized to be a saint. You know, by the finished work of Jesus on the cross at Calvary, you're a saint. And God's given gifts to the church to equip the saints for the work of the... But somehow, we're, we've, we've adopted these systems that aren't even scriptural, where we leave ministry to, to the professional few. That's not church. Come on, if we're to reach a city, how many know the game changes when we all, all, we all realize we're ministers? Come on, each and every one. If there's only two or three in this room, man, we're not going to change much. But if we all realize that we're ministers, that we're called to extend the kingdom of God, that we've got a commission and mandate to make disciples, man, the game changes. The game changes. And things happen and things multiply. And we're going to put ministry in the hands of every believer. Lastly, you know, if the the game changes, we've got to understand the mathematics of heaven. Uh, uh, Math. yeah, some of us think we're good at math, but we actually suck and we don't even know. It. <laughs> you know, the, the church over the years uh, hasn't understood multiplication. I believe to a level it's un- understood addition. Yeah, we're all right at addition. We can add, we add people, but there hasn't been a multiplication. You know, multiplication, you know, goes into realms where things become exponential. in their their dynamics. It's not just me reaching a few and it's not confined to that, but as I reach somebody, it's then them reaching somebody else. See, in a lot of places, because we've left ministry to a few up here, it's just addition. But, But what would happen if, you know, I reached Jay down here, Jay reached Nathan, and Nathan then passed it on to Jess. And then everybody you know, who who encountered it, realized I've got a responsibility to to pass this on. Man, boom. Something massive happens. That's heaven's picture for the church. That's heaven's picture. You know, uh, we we settle for addition, but God wants multiplication. And, And we suck at math, you know, because in many ways we've just learned addition. The church definitely has known subtraction over the years and without a doubt has known division. <laughs> but it still hasn't learned multiplication. See, Jesus instructed the disciples in this miracle to feed them. They're going, what with? We don't have anything. All as we have. This little boy, he's got five loaves and two fish. How are we gonna do that? Jesus took those five loaves and two fish. He, he thanked God for them. He blessed them. And then as they began to distrib- distribute it, those five loaves and two fish, they multiplied in the hands of the disciples. They multiplied in the hands of the disciples. Now, here's the deal. Where, where did... The five loaves and two fish come from. Came from a little boy. How many people were fed? The Bible says five thousand men. They only counted the men. Commentators would say that there was around about fifteen thousand to twenty thousand people there that were fed that day. And here's the deal: is afterwards there was twelve baskets full of leftovers. Come on, how many light leftovers? Nothing like leftovers right there. 12 baskets of left uh, leftovers there, so amazing miracle. But where did the miracle come from? It came from the little boy. Listen to this, it came from a source that they didn't even count. They just counted the men, but it came from a little boy. Could it, could it be that the miracle of multiplication that heaven wants to bring your way is gonna come from a source that you've overlooked. It's gonna come from a source that you haven't even counted on, a source that you haven't even seen. See, God wants to bring about a miracle Come on, in our youth ministry. God wants to bring about a miracle in our young adults, come on, in our families. Come on, He wants to do something significant in our city, in our nation. Could we go from 20 locations to 100 locations in the space of five years? Come on, could it happen? I believe it could if we just saw things. We got it in the Spirit. We captured it in the Spirit. We started speaking it. Started declaring it. And then we started thinking as God thinks. Come on, where are we limiting God? In Psalms, one of the scariest verses, is, it talks about how, how the Israelites limited the Holy One of Israel. They limited Him. I don't know about you, but I don't want to get to heaven. And for God to say to me, hey, you did great, but you limited me. You, you did all right, but there was so much more. I had all this. I, 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 I It could have been, you looked at your five loaves and two fish and going, what could I do with that? God said, "I had all this, but you limited me in my purpose. Multiplication, come on! Multiplication of e-groups in Jesus' name, come on! Multiplication, multiplication, multiplication. Why? Why? Because people not need to know the good news. They need to know the love of Jesus. Come on! They need to know His love has changed my life." It's turned around my life. It's brought purpose to my life. It's brought meaning to my life. And that same Jesus who's transformed my life wants to transform the lives of others. And God wants to use you and I to be His instrument to bring about His kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name. Come on, if you believe that, can you say amen? Come on, if you believe that, can you give God a clap of praise right now? Come on, give Him a big clap of praise. Come on. Come on, we bless you, God. Come on, if you receive this word, I want you to jump to your feet right now. How, how many would recognize just in their way of thinking of have limited God? See, God wants to overwhelm us with the enormity of the need. Don't just shut the door and leave it to somebody else. There's a massive need out there. But He wants to secondly overwhelm us with His capacity to meet that need with what's in our hands. God, what's in your hand? What can you do? No, I'm not talking about in a year or two. No, what can you do right now? Some of you say, well, I've only known Jesus a week. Well, here's the deal. Jesus has touched your heart. He can touch another person's heart. You just need to step out into the unknown. Come on. That's that's where the adventure is. You know, this whole church, this whole movement of churches, is just based off the premise. Jonathan and his armor bearer took on a whole army off this premise. Perhaps the Lord will act on our behalf. Perhaps, maybe. Because God can give us victory with many or with a few. How many know when the Lord is on your side, you cannot fail? Come on, young man, young woman, dream big, stretch out. Come on, have a big dream. Come on, e-group leader, come on, believe for more. Multiplication in Jesus' name. Come on, if you want to receive that right now, just in the Spirit, lift your hands to Jesus because there's an anointing here, right here in this place. And where limitations have been around your life, I believe God wants to break off every limitation right now in Jesus' name. Come on, He wants to enlarge our vision. Come on, He wants us to think bigger. Come on, you're called for significance. You're called to have influence. You're called to be the head and not the tail, above and not beneath, in Jesus' Name. Come on, let's sing this song right now. Come on, withholding. didn't understand what Jesus was talking about. And he talked about living—the living of the Pharisees and the living of Herod—and the disciples going, "Oh man, is, we need bread." And Jesus said, well, "Didn't you le- learn from the miracle of the feeding of the five thousand and the four thousand? Are your hearts so hard that you don't understand this? Yeah, you enjoyed the miracle." But nothing shifted, nothing changed in your thinking. And He rebuked them. See, see, a lot of us, you know, we've been in church a wee while and we see God move. We see people saved every week, but I think he still hasn't shifted because there's a hardness of heart and there's a holding on to, to old patterns of thought. But if we're to move into a place where we experience the, the limitless, purpose of God we actually need to repent repent simply means to change your mind it means to go to a higher level of thinking it means to go, go above and beyond and I like you know thinking like Uber we see it in the world today you know taxi company doesn't even own a car you know, accommodation provider doesn't even own any property Come on, we need to think. Yeah, I really believe God's got us moving different venues in that because He's wanting to challenge the church to, to apprehend Him in a way like we couldn't if we were just in the one location. Come on, you're hearing right, in me right now. There's something God wants to shift in, and we could experience miracle after miracle but still miss God's purpose in the middle of all of this. And I wonder whether we'd to come to God and say, God, I repent just of any thinking that's limited you. Any thinking that's hindered you. because some of us, we're letting our insecurity rule us. We're saying, I can't be used like that, like them. No, if you have God in you, come on, God has chosen you and He wants to use you. And you need to come to God and say, God, I, I repent. We well, I've listened to the enemy where I've allowed him to keep me in, in that insecurity. God, where, where I've even listened to the enemy and allowed him to keep me in a state of unworthiness, trapped in sin. Come on, Jesus has done everything that's been needed to be done for you and I to live in freedom. Amen. Come on, just right where we are, just before I pass over right now, I just want you to lift your hands again, again. Because Jesus said this, or Paul said, unless the seed dies, it, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces a lot. And the way that we apprehend the kingdom is we surrender, we die to our own thinking. We die to the world so that we can take on God. and Right where you are, Say, God, I repent. Come on, all together, just let's say this. God, I repent of any thinking that's limited you. We have experienced a miracle. We have seen your goodness and your grace, but it hasn't resulted in a change of thinking. I say, sorry, right now, help me take hold of everything you have for me God I want to access your whole purpose for my life God I want to live in everything that you've promised God you want me to do something significant in and through my life use me anoint me empower me in Jesus' name, Amen. 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 Come on, if you receive that, come on. Let's not give a golf hand clap. Come on, let's give God a big. Thing. Amen. Multiplication. How many? How many just witness with that? Just, just feel in this spirit and say, over the next season, I'm really believing for multiplication. Come on, multiplication. Yeah, uh, how many want to see a multiplication in their finances? Uh, I get a big amen on that one. <laughs> yeah, but more than finances, we want to see people because people are worth more than finances. Yeah, God wants to provide for your need. But come on here. He wants to reach this city. And I wonder just for 30 seconds whether we could lift our voices right now and pray for our city. Come on, pray for the people in our world. Come on, I want you to lift your voice right across this place, out loud. Come on, I want you to say, God, use me to touch the life of another. Use me to bless somebody. Use me to bring your kingdom about. Come on, I want you to lift your voice. 30 seconds, everybody. Come on, right across this room. Everybody pray, everybody declaring your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven.